knew it was going to be quick. I did at least. That verdict uh, coming in, the note handed to the judge, I think it was a little after three. And the announcement about an hour later and the uh, conviction as far as Angela Polina is uh, concerned. Uh, a case uh, we've been following for quite some time. Lori does a great job as far as the executive director of Megan's Law. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. One time senatorial candidate uh, as well. It is good to have you back. Uh, it is great to be right? here, Jay. Good, good having you. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, there was a bit of relief and an awful lot of sorrow uh, late Friday afternoon uh, to see uh, uh, somebody of that magnitude suffering and whatnot. But I'll tell you, uh, justice prevails in a lot of these types of cases. No question, right? Yeah, justice did prevail. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> as we all know, and everyone keeps repeating, this is not going to bring Thomas back. Back, He endured years of unspeakable cruelties, starvation, beatings, emotional abuse. CPS and the State Central Registry were called multiple times. So many people were affected by his murder, right, because now we know it's a murder. And there is there is a, a small piece of justice that Thomas's mom and his brother Anthony, his family, um, his friends, and the community um, has gotten with the conviction. And I and I have to say the our district attorney um, has worked really hard. He's um, definitely very proactive. So we uh, we have since he has been here. We have seen um, convictions that um, that have brought justice to victims, so we're very happy. Law enforcement did a wonderful job investigating. Um, everyone came together. It was not only the, the police, obviously. It was Prosecutor Carrie Ann Kelly and the, the team and, um, and uh, at the direction of our district attorney. So we did see – we saw a win, a win. But, you know, Jay, I have to say, because I can't stop <laughs> telling everybody about this, while uh, Thomas's mom has been uh, advocating for justice for Thomas, at the same time in November of 2021, New York State actually changed the standard. It's incredible. They made it harder. They made it harder, Jay, to substantiate a claim of child abuse against a child. So they made it even harder than what it was when CPS was called multiple times. And that's a state issue, and everybody listening should call their state senator and their state assembly person because it is outrageous what they did. As I said, they made it more difficult to substantiate a case of child abuse against a vulnerable child like Thomas. Essence, uh, as far as what you just stated, is so important uh, because changes, if, listen, if, if anything, the Thomas Valvin name in vain and whatnot, not to be. Uh, something has to change. Uh, eyes have to be opened here. Complete failure on so many fronts. And in essence, why is the big question? Why is it so difficult uh, as far as notoriety is concerned when somebody's in trouble of this magnitude? Well, I... We're going to find out because the district attorney um, has committed to using the power that he has and possibly he, – he didn't commit to a grand jury, but possibly um, digging a little deeper with a grand jury. Grand jury has a tremendous amount of power. 
to subpoena, to seek testimony and documents, and hopefully that happens. But, again, think about this. Talk about being tone deaf. There are individuals that are in state lawmaking positions right now um, in Albany, and we all know who these individuals are. These are folks that are on the far left side that, that actually fought to change the standard of evidence to, to, to make it harder for CPS workers. For those workers that are out there already, they previously didn't have enough of them, so there needs to be on a state level, there needs to be funding directed at counties so they can have more CPS workers. But instead of doing that, they made it harder to substantiate. So it, 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 it's outrageous, and it makes no sense at all. Question with us, Megan's Law Executive Director, and it's it's difficult, and that's why, you know, think about this, folks: a game of political football being played here at the hands of life and death. That's what it has come down to. And I'll tell you, after Friday, you know, you only hope common sense would prevail here. I don't know if it will. I don't know if it will. You know as well as I do. You've been a You've been in this game like I have. You know, these types of things scream at you when everything is uh, right front and center, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of dying on the vine as far as time is concerned allotted. Unfortunately, uh, that has happened in years past, right? And, you know, and now we're looking at the potential that, um, that they're going to legalize prostitution in New York State. And there still are advocates that are out there that are strongly supporting um, el- the elder parole bill. And advocates from the elder parole bill who, who want that passed, that would, that would um, allow individuals who are in state prison who are 55 or over and have been there for 15 years or more, for them to have a bite at the apple, meaning to go to the parole board to argue to be released, despite the sentence that they received, right? So you're not eligible for for a hearing before parole, it's not until you've earned that time. So it's set when you're sentenced, when you'll come before the parole board. But that doesn't mean you're going to get released. But what it does mean is the family of the surviving individual who that person targeted, that family has to now stage a campaign to keep that person behind bars, even well before they were supposed to. So it really is unfair. It's going to potentially have uh, sexual predators released early, cop killers released early. It's outrageous. And the problem we have here is that victims, once they have gone through the criminal justice process, they don't want to keep fighting in public. You know, you don't want a sexual assault victim having to identify themselves publicly to fight to keep the predator behind bars. So that's the problem we have. But yet you have individuals that have been incarcerated in prison for violent crimes that are out there fighting for, for um, individuals to be released. And in terms of the legalizing prostitution uh, initiative, advocates there are saying that this empowers sex workers uh, and provides them additional protection. That's incredible to me. You have individuals that, have, um, that are being controlled completely by uh, pimps that keep them addicted to drugs, that are in control of their lives in every way, their housing, their food, their, their clothing. And right now, those individuals need help. So when law enforcement 
gives them an appearance ticket and they have to show up at human trafficking court, that's an opportunity for advocates to help them to get out of that life, to get away from the pimp. They're actually saying that uh, sex workers will come in voluntarily for help. That's just nonsense. And, and we're fighting, obviously, we're advocating against passage of both of those laws. It's a losing system. You know, it's a losing battle. That's what it, it, uh, it comes feels down that to. way. Yeah. No, it is. It is, and you know this is this is what's been going on over the last couple of years. You know, it's just it's just a shame. And you know, and just getting back to CPS, you know, when you are called to a residence multiple times over and over and over again, my goodness, uh, you wonder uh, at the very center of it all. But this is a derivative of what's been going on over the last couple of years, right? Yeah, and it's because they're not streaming funding uh, in the right places. So their decisions have to be made about what's most important. And, you know, this says a lot about our, our society. If we're not willing to stream funding towards CPS workers to give those young individuals that are going into people's houses the backup, an attorney to back them up, because when Polina is calling the school and screaming at teachers for giving poor Thomas a pair, when that happens, you have CPS workers that are getting threatened. We've had it ourselves at the agency where individuals call here saying that um, we are, are harassing them because one of my individuals has a concern, one of the individual advocates here has a concern about the safety of a child. If they don't have the backup they need, they don't have the funding they need from the state, and they don't have the law to protect them, like I said, let's come full circle here. They have now increased the threshold to indicate or to find or substantiate a case of child abuse. So in Valva's case, in those situations where they couldn't remove uh, or they did not remove um, those children, think of this now. They've made it harder to indicate cases. That it makes no sense. And, you know, and it goes to, again, what is our priority here right now in New York State? What is the priority? So now, as you know, Jay, we, um, we expanded the mission of the agency uh, about 10, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, we're now the Crime Victim Center. Some of the work we do is related to Megan's Law, and we can't strengthen any of those laws. We, we can't even strengthen laws to protect victims. Anytime we try to, to talk to state lawmakers to advocate for strengthening rights for victims, we're hit with a roadblock. And the roadblock is, wait a minute, that's an anti-defendant initiative. It's crazy. And that's why, for me, you know, I, um, as you said, I ran for a state senate. It was a great race. We had um, a great campaign uh, against Anthony Palumbo, who, by the way, is a great lawmaker. He's fighting the good fight for victims. But I'm not a politician. And if you're not a politician then you're going to have a problem because I'm an issue-oriented candidate. I'm a person who, when I ran, it was about issues. It's not about politics. And, you know, to me, I'm sitting out and I'm going back to what I do best, and I love what I do. We're expanding um, agency services uh, to provide more help for sexual assault victims. Uh, and, by the way, Jay, we have a golf outing. I'm not sure if you play golf on May 2nd. We have great prizes, great raffles. I understand that you guys who like to golf love those raffles. We have great ones. A couple of drones, really great stuff. Yeah, it's good. And you're right, you know. <laughs> you're, it's, it's, a, it's about the nuts and bolts for crying out loud, you know. 
and you get into this political minutia, and that's the biggest problem right now that we have in our society. And you know what the sad thing is? There are other Thomas Valvas out there right now. Right, right now, now there are. As you and I are speaking, clear as day, that are going through this only to be in the murky waters as far as what's going on from a political standpoint. And it's just completely not right. Not right at all. It's not. It's not. And the more uh, – so it's interesting, right? When, when you're involved in politics, if you take a position, like for me, you know, I ran as a Democrat, and as a Democrat, I'm very tough on crime. But when you are an issue candidate, the party doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. But when, when somebody like me, who is very, very um, you know, pro-victim, when you're pro-bringing rights to victims, that's perceived as anti-defendant. And in the Democratic Party, that's not a good thing. So for me, I still held my, my ground. And I held myself as an issue candidate. And either way, you're not if, – if I was on the right, I'm criticized. If I'm on the left, I'm uh, – first of all, I'd never be on the left. But you're criticized for not being what the party represents. And that's tough for every single candidate, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And I have a lot of friends on the Republican side, a lot of friends on the Democratic side – but the bottom line is that all of us who are issue-oriented people would love to have a party that is just not a party, just basically the common-sense group of individuals. <laughs> but that's just never going to happen. Never. Unless we make the changes, you see, for the right reason. And it's about bringing common sense back. We don't have any common sense. That's we really mean. don't. We don't have common sense. But when you're when you're interested in being um, um, an elected official, you got to choose sides, and that's unfortunate. There is no sort of blank party, right? Independent party. Most people don't realize they think that that means I'm independent. It's not. It's a party, um, but we don't have it right now in New York State anymore. But a blank is really genuinely a person who. Um, doesn't doesn't ascribe to a particular party. I think, you know, there are some people in the county that are blanks. Yeah. No, you know, listen, we, we need sweeping changes. You know it. I know it. Uh, and until we get it, unfortunately, we're going to be having these types uh, of discussions because we don't have any common sense. I always start, it starts, it starts on the top, trickles down, and look what we're, we're battling with uh, locally here as far as everything yeah. is concerned. <laughs> Politically, uh, and, and I have to say, when it comes to locally, when it comes to our issues, there are many, many elected officials, both Republican and Democrat, that are very supportive of the agency. We've had uh, multiple individuals now um, in the county legislature coming through, learning about our services, and are fully supportive. And we're going to be looking for some big changes here for sex crime victims coming soon. Um, and those uh, county legislators uh, are all very supportive. So, you know, on a local level, you have less of that going on. But it's still on a state level. You know, these are state laws, penal code, um, all of the laws that affect us on a daily basis are coming from 
New York State. And we are really in a spot where it's, it's gone so far anti-victim that, um, you know, people talk about uh, on the elder parole side, the uh, individuals that advocate for it, they talk about people left or people left behind. Well, what about the families of rape victims that are murdered? They're left behind. What about cop killers' families? They're left behind. What about all the individuals that are assaulted violently? They're left behind and suffer years, if not a lifetime, of trauma as a result of what happened to them. And there needs to be justice, and that's what's missing now, justice for people who are victimized by violent offenders. It starts at the top. It starts with the lawmakers, DAs involved with everything else. Uh, we need sweeping changes here, and we got to keep talking about it. If we stop talking about it, we're going to lose the battle. We're already losing the battle. But, You're right. Uh, You're in right. essence, uh, something of this nature you hope awakens many as far as uh, what happened uh, on Friday a little after 4 o'clock. Um, and you hope something, something good can come out of this. We'll see. We'll keep an eye. I know you're going you're gonna to keep up the fight as you always have. And uh, you'll keep us in the loop and anything you need, you know, we're here for you. Yeah, I do. And, you know, Thomas, Thomas's mom and a lot of advocates, um, including the district attorney, law enforcement, a lot of uh, elected officials locally have been very supportive of, of, um, of making change. But we would really like to see uh, some major change, especially related to that um, Office of Children and Family Services, the change in the standard of evidence for CPS investigations. In the no circumstances is it okay to ever lower um, or, or increase the threshold to make it harder to substantiate a child abuse case when you hear about teachers and principals and superintendents at um, Thomas's school having to devise a strategy to try to get CPS and state central registry and state individuals involved in helping a child from uh, being starved, um, crawling on the floor at school to try to find crumbs so he can eat. It's an outrage. And what, again, what does it say about, about our culture if we're not willing to put children as our first priority? Well said. Well said, Laura Uh And you hope, like I said, the uh, common sense way of thinking comes back here uh, after this one. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep discussing it. Look forward to having you back next time. Hopefully for some yeah, better thanks. news.